Welcome everyone to another episode of A Little Agile A Day Keeps the Bugs Away, the podcast dedicated to agile practices, concepts, experiences. We'll have interviews, we'll have different takes on frameworks, whatever it may be, we will deliver and we will deliver it in under 10 minutes per episode. I'm your host BP and without further ado, we're going to get into today's topic, the final ceremony, the iteration retrospective. All right. So interesting tidbit here. I've interviewed quite a few people in my career for for either an agile coach position, scrum master, product owner, product managers, all the way up to, to delivery managers, VPs of agile delivery, whatever it may be. And, and a lot of the questions that either my panel asks or I've definitely asked this myself is what is your favorite ceremony? Granted, you, you probably won't ask that to, to a vice president during that interview, but you could. I've heard it. But uh, typical scrum masters, you, you'll hear this in, in product owner interviews. You'll hear this and, and you'll ask, what is your favorite agile ceremony? And how many times have you been in interviews, been a part of it, been asked it? How many times do you hear the answer? It's the iteration retrospective and you get a wide array of different reasons why it is everyone's favorite um, some may feel it's the favorite because of how effective it is iteration to iteration some may be saying it even though deep down they get anxious before needing to conduct an iteration retrospective we're all human we're all human we know it's supposed to be an open and honest discussion but there's some there's some nervousness that goes into having those discussions with individuals you, you learn some things you may not want to hear at the time but granted when when you get done with the iteration retrospective you typically feel better when you come together uh talk about any gripes you have and, and how to solve problems but um whether it's nervousness whether it's excitement uh coming into an iteration retrospective it seems to be a crowd favorite so we're going to go into it. What's the purpose, participants, how to prep for it, what the agenda is, and expectations in the iteration retrospective. All right, so we'll get right into it. So the iteration retrospective is typically held either right after the iteration review. So the retrospective is the last meeting uh, or, or ceremony in the scrum guide, and typically the last meeting in the iteration that you'll see held team to team, company to company. It is typically the last meeting. It doesn't have to be the moment after uh, an iteration review ends. You don't see that a lot. I know a lot of times what you would expect to see if you're new to this, just reading the scrum guide is a review and then immediately jumping into the the retrospective, you don't see that as much as you would think. Sometimes it's either many hours after the review or the day after, maybe the morning after I've seen some success with, but it doesn't have to be right after. But it is important, and it's a good time to reflect not only what just happened in the review, but what happened during the whole iteration. The purpose is to provide a structured opportunity for the development team specifically to reflect on the progress made during the iteration and identify those areas for improvement. This can help the team make continuous progress toward their goals and objective and then address any 
of, if you remember in the iteration review episode, address any of those obstacles and challenges that they encountered that they may have shown or made transparent in that review. How do we deal with it? How do we create action items around it? Typical participants to uh, iteration retrospective should include the development team. The product owner can be there. Some would say relevant stakeholders, but you don't see it often. Typically, I, I say play it safe. Keep it with the development team and the scrum master there to facilitate and maybe the product owner. Product owner doesn't have to be there every time, but you want to keep this group tight. You don't want to expand it to stakeholders. I've seen stakeholders in there. If the team is comfortable and there's a psychological safety within the company culture to have stakeholders in the in the iteration retrospective, by all means, have them there. But it is a meeting for the team, by the team. It's supposed to be a safe space. So whoever you want to invite that still ensures that it is a state safe space, feel free to invite them. But at the end of the day, you want to keep it limited to the individuals that feel safe opening up with one another. And by doing this, it will ensure that all relevant perspectives and inputs are taken into account and that the team is working together toward a common goal. So in preparation for the iteration retrospective, there are many ways to facilitate this ceremony. There have been many templates created, many applications created, whether you are virtual or in person, many ways to do it. But a good guideline to practice, regardless of what format you use, is to first set expectations, set what the plan is, how we want to discuss, you know, whether what went well, areas of opportunity, what to keep doing, what to stop doing, whatever it may be, set the expectation on what we're going to do, and then make sure we elaborate on the fact that we will have action items that we can plan for the next iteration that will help our team continue our progress and to make us better, faster, more agile in future iterations. That is the key point there. But it typically starts with that expectation set for about five minutes, and then it jumps into gathering data, whether that be in a virtual whiteboard, what happened, what went on in the iteration, is there progression areas that we can focus on, areas of opportunity, do we have strengths that we have noticed that we want to keep doing, whatever that may be. Once you collect the data, you want to generate insights. What happened, why it happened, so you can start to get to the root cause. You can use a fishbone diagram talk about the the five whys to get down into the root cause. And after you start to generate the insights from the data you collected, you can go into the action item creations, the next steps. What are we going to do about it? How can we help? What is something conceivable that we can plan in the next iteration or two that will help us either remove a common area of opportunity, elevate one of our strengths that we determined in the retrospective or any of the obstacles to either mitigate or resolve those. So you want to really create actions coming out of the retrospective. The most important thing. So remember, you want to start with setting expectations. What's the format going to be? It doesn't matter what you use. I would just Google 
retrospective formats. There are a ton out there, not only a ton of websites, but a ton of different formats. Some are really fun, whether you're doing them in person or virtually. They have templates for every type of team, co-located or not. Just Google it. You'll find a ton, and and you'll really enjoy a lot of the, the results that you'll get. But at the end of the day, regardless of what is being done, those expectations must be set. The data must be gathered together. Give the team enough time to gather the data. And then once the data is gathered, once you have the strengths, the areas of opportunity, what were the common obstacles, ways we can progress, start to generate insights. Why did this happen? How can we either stop something bad from happening or continue something good to continue to happen? Like I said, little little messed up on the wording there, but but you get the point. You get the point. Iteration retrospectives are supposed to be for the team. However, we can get to that last goal of creating those insights and then building action items, whether you want to put them into your backlog and have them planned against team capacity or put them on a board or share them in each of the daily standups so the team, it is made transparent to the team because that is one of the vital items on top of having the action items, making sure they're constantly transparent to the team, you're going to find success there. So have those action items built out. Make sure the team is focusing in on them. And then when you meet again for the next iteration retrospective, discuss what went on. Were the actions correctly taken? Were they resolved? Or do we need to plan or or make an adjustment based on what we found? And that's it. That That's all. Those are iteration retrospective tips. That's how you can have an effective retrospective. Make sure you have them on regular cadence. Make sure you're setting the expectations and make sure you're you're continuing to follow through on the action items. It's an important ceremony to have in Agile. Promotes transparency, helps the team grow together. So that's it, iteration retrospectives. Join us next time for another episode of A Little Agile A Day Keeps the Bugs Away. I'm your boy BP. I'll talk to you soon.